The Sports Gambling Podcast is presented by MyBookie.ag. MyBookie.ag is the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gambling Podcast. Use the promo code SGP100 for a 100% deposit bonus. We're also brought to you by Odds Shark. They have the latest betting stats and trends you won't find anywhere else, plus free picks from their supercomputer and expert writing staff. Follow them on Twitter at Odds Shark and www.oddsshark.com. We're also brought to you by BetQL. BetQL is the only app that puts all the knowledge you need to make smart bets in the palm of your hand. Log on to betql.co to download the app today. To the sports gambling podcast. I'm Sean stacking the money green with a partner in picks, Ryan, real money Kramer football, Ryan. It's here. You're so loud, Sean. Why are you so excited? It's just the game because it's fucking football, man. Football. We are, uh, we're just full in football mode. I mean, it is a literally is a, it's a content bonanza right now. Look, let's look at this content bonanza. First, you guys are listening to this podcast, which uh, we got Mike Lombardi coming up, special guest calling in, promoting his book, as well as uh, giving his hot takes on the NFL. And then uh, after Lombardi's done, Ryan, we're going to wrap things up with our own final playoff predictions, including our Super Bowl pick. Okay. If that's not enough, what do we have up on the site right now? First off, every. Every NFL division preview is currently available at sportsgamblingpodcast.com and iTunes. Plus, week one college picks podcast with Colby. And this isn't even including all the content available over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, which you can get by going subscribe.thesgpn.com and uh, checking them out on iTunes. We got merch. Oh. Ryan, <clears throat> we, got we, we do have merch. We got a hoodie and a uh, sweat, or sorry, a hoodie and a t-shirt available. But more importantly, we got some new. I'm not going to say what kind of shirts. It's a baby fucking wheel, man. But we have some shirts that are in the works that should be hopefully be up on the store shortly. So stay tuned to that. You go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash merch. Ryan, without further ado, well, whoa. Can, can we, can we, pl- all right, we'll do it later. We'll do it after we bring on our guests. Okay. Right. Before we welcome on our guests, we got a shout out to our partner, mybookie.ag, the premier online sports book and the only official sports book of the sports gambling podcast. Use that promo code SGP 100 to activate a hundred percent deposit bonus. I mean, you get free picks and free cash at the sports gambling podcast.com. Perfect combination and a perfect partnership with mybookie.ag. You also, if you're already a mybookie.ag customer like I am, you can use that promo code SGP reload for a 50% reload bonus. Live betting, props, 
they got it all. I mean, literally every sort of NFL action, uh, college football action, <laughs> NHL. I'm sure you can bet on that if you want to right now. NBA, the MLB. I guess they're still playing baseball right now. I don't know. Whatever sports are going on, mybookie.ag has got you covered. And they have three, actually, sorry, five simple words over there play, win, and get paid. Mybookie.ag, promo code SGP100. All right, joining us on the line, host of GM Street on the Ringer Podcast Network and also author of Gridiron Genius, available everywhere for pre order right now, coming out September 11th. Mike Lombardi. Mike, thanks for calling in. Thank you, Sean. Appreciate it. Nice to be here. Yeah, uh, big fan of the uh, GM Street podcast. Been uh, been a loyal listener to you and Tate. Been really enjoying you guys uh, breaking down hard knocks, giving Hugh Jackson <laughs> a ton of crap. <laughs> well, it's easy to do. I mean, he's kind of made it kind of easy. I, you know, every time I'm doing that show, I'm always uh, I'm always telling my wife that you know this isn't the NFL. This is like I, I don't understand how they can do this because it's nothing like the NFL, but you know, that's what hard knocks wants to show. I mean, that's what the Browns are letting out. I found it interesting that, you know, you do have some control over what's being said and uh, they seem to let it out. There's a lot of material to work with here. Yeah. One of the things you hit on, and I thought I was just kind of, now listen, I obviously have no NFL experience. I played, <laughs> I played football for eight years. Thank you for pointing that out. Sean. And just watch. I, I, I was hoping you would chime in Ryan. I was hoping that was somebody would say something. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I guess you've never seen what Sean looks like, but it's pretty clear to most who have. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, not a, not a dominant size or a athlete by any means, but when, uh, when Brad Paisley came and gave that pep talk to the Browns, I was sitting there. I, I looked at my fiance. I go, this man has no fire in his belly. This guy couldn't inspire anything. Why would they bring on a guy who can't fire up a team? You get a guy, well, you get a, you're going to get a crazy maniac or what, you know, I mean, really, I mean, in fairness to Brad Taylor, like I said on the podcast, I mean, they should have given him at least a, a like somebody should have written him a speech, you know, Hey guys, I know what it's like. I tour on the road. <laughs> I got to perform every night. You know, yeah. like you may not know my music, but I take a lot of pride in my word, like a message, you know, if you're not going to inspire it. How about sending a message? I honestly figured that Brad Paisley had an HBO special coming up or something. Like it seemed that <laughs> that that unorganic that it was some sort. Of, but everything, every episode, there's some hilariously staged event that happens. Whether that's Dorsey like helping the team practice and like <laughs> pretending like he's got the mitts on, or Des Bryant literally walking around the entire campus. I mean, it's yeah. I don't know. Like it's, I've it's I, I've been in the league thirty years. I I, I think when a GM starts coaching the team, you got trouble. You know, it's just to me, I, you know, I, I never saw that. And Todd Haley was spouting all that. I, I forgot to say this on my podcast today, but Todd Haley was giving all those, you know, uh, lessons yesterday about what, uh, I forget how he put it, you know, and, and, and they were all from Parcells. All of them were just <laughs> all stolen from Parcells. Well, and, and as a, and as a viewer, as a guy who's, you know, done stand up or whatever, you can just look at Hugh Jackson and just see he doesn't have control of the room. You look around no, to the the reaction shots of the players; they're not. I mean, maybe I'm reading. engaged. He no, they're not engaged. Me, yeah, no, he strikes me as a guy who doesn't know what word he's going to say three words from the word he's on. Like he's constantly <laughs> evolving his message, and he's 
he's the master of saying absolutely nothing. <laughs> and it's just, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy that, that they chose the Browns. I mean, it's, it's yeah. nothing has changed my opinion of what the Browns will be this year. Although as Sean knows, I'm kind of, I'm kind of high on them. Yeah. Garrett's yeah well, I mean, you can't be high on them watching that because <laughs> you, you can't think that they're going to go in and beat anybody that was substance. They're going to win some games. Don't get me wrong, but you can't think that that's a well-oiled machine by any means. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I find it interesting to see and listen to Hugh. I think Denzel Washington's got to have to worry a little bit. Hugh could be up for a leading actor <laughs> award. Yeah. He, he, he's just all over the place. And the, the great thing about the NFL and I'm sure you kind of hit on in your book is that winning is everything. They put everything aside and Josh Cribs is giving a speech there explaining, Hey man, if you just don't perform, it doesn't matter how hard you try, what kind of attitude you have. If it's not on the tape, you're not going to be there. But meanwhile, we're looking at Hugh Jackson. Who's one in 31 put on the tape of Hugh Jackson. How is he yeah. making the 53 man roster yeah, to quote the offensive line coach? Like how did, how did he not cut himself? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it's at yeah. some point you got to You got to cut bait and I mean, but we, I mean, there's plenty of coaches, right? The Jeff Fisher class of the world, the Jason Garrett, they just, they're, they're there forever. You know, Bill Walsh told me a long time ago, we're not the league of the best and the brightest. And he was right. And, you know, writing the book that I wrote, the book is really about culture because I was fortunate to work for Bill Walsh. I was fortunate enough to work for Bill Belichick. And both of those guys begin and end with culture. They start with the premise of this is how we're going to act as an organization. You know, Walsh had 17 principles of leadership. So we'd be called standard of excellence. Belichick has his concepts. We've all heard them before. You know, the team comes first, mental toughness, all that stuff. And, you know, and that lays the foundation. The culture lays the foundation for the leader. And if the leader doesn't set the culture, you have no chance whatsoever to be in, in, impactful in the league. And, and Wall said this in 84, and he was right. We're only competing against eight teams back in 1984. And now, you know, at 32 teams, you're still only competing with eight. Yeah. So what, what, uh, what kind of inspired you to write gridiron genius? Well, you know, I started with coach Walsh and I was his gopher boy. And, you know, I was basically, I drove him around. I was, it was my version of carpool karaoke. When I <laughs> started my job, I would drive him and ask questions and he would answer. And sometimes he'd get mad and he'd <laughs> just doodle uh, over there. What's uh, what's one question that annoyed uh, Walsh? Well, you know, so he never, he was so proper and polite. He never could get annoyed. He just wouldn't answer, you know? And so the one thing I did annoy him with constantly was whenever I took the car somewhere, you know, this is 1984. So Springsteen's born in the USA is just coming out. Now we did not have Spotify at this time. Shocking, right? We did not have satellite radio at this time. Shocking. And so all I could get was K fog in the Bay area and the hope that I would hear his tune, you know? So I would take his Porsche and I would change his classical music station to the station of, of K rock, you know? And so I could hear it. And, and of course, like an idiot, because I can't remember anything. I, I, I forget to turn it back to his station, you know? And so he would always get <laughs> mad at me for having the lot. Do I have to have the loud rock and roll in the car? And I would apologize and move on. But he was always, he was just very, he's a very, he was a gentle man. And he was very honest about his, uh, you know, he told me a lot of things in the car. He told me the most football I ever learned was working for Al Davis. And that's why I worked for Al Davis. You know, he told me a lot of things about leadership and about management, how I needed to read about Tom Peters, how I needed to understand in search of excellence. And I did those things and that's really helped my career. Yeah. That's a, uh, yeah. I mean, honestly, uh, I'm really looking of all the stories. I'm probably looking forward to the, 
the Al Davis stories the most. He seemed, he seemed like a guy <laughs> that was so many of them. You know, it's funny. I'm friends with Michael Lewis, the writer uh, who's, who's written some books. He lived in Berkeley when I lived in the Berkeley area, when I worked for the Raiders and we used to go to dinner. We used to meet for lunch and have conversations all the time. And, uh, and I would tell him stories of Al and he says, you got to meet my publisher. You got to meet my editor, Star Lawrence in New York. And so I flew back to New York after I'd gotten fired and I spent some time with Star and I start telling these stories to Star about Al and Star looks at me and says, you know what, Michael, I'm sure all these are true, but nobody is going to believe them. And he was probably <laughs> right. Well, there was a, I recently uh, was, was reading some Hunter S Thompson and there was a, there was an article he was doing and it was like Hunter S Thompson getting into it with Al Davis while John <laughs> Madden is coaching the team. And it, it was just crazy imagining these three characters interacting in the same day. Yeah. I mean, look, it's, he was a fascinating man. I used to play, I, I called it jeopardy every day. He would call me at 10 30 in the morning and we would play jeopardy. He would ask, he would phrase a question and I would have to answer in a question back. You know, he would say, you know, what about that kid for, you know, that kid from Utah. And I would have to say, who is Barry Sims? And then we would go on from there. <laughs> Always three questions, three or four. I never played a home game my entire life. I never got to ask him a question. <laughs> it was always, I was always in my dress grays, always on the road. Now the, the premise is uh, a, you know, a master class and winning championships and building dynasties in the NFL. Obviously you got to look at the Patriots. They are a current active dynasty. Do you see any teams in the league with some potential dynasty? Uh, I mean, dynasty potential in the next few years. Is there is there a team in particular that you're looking at that has has a has a foundation there? I think you know. Look, I think I think it starts and ends with the quarterback, right? I think Houston's got a really good team with Deshaun Watson. They got a young quarterback. I think we're entering in the era of the NFL that not many people are talking about. We're talking about things that are wrong with the NFL, and the NFL's taken a PR bath, you know, for some good reasons on some things that have come out and the way things have been handled. But you know, when we get back to the field, there's some incredibly talented players: Jimmy Garoppolo, Deshaun Watson. You know, when you look down uh, up and down the league, Cam Newton an MVP coming back. You know, you've got so many good young quarterbacks. Just think about the, the NFC North with Kirk cousins of Minnesota, Aaron Rodgers, the richest man in the NFL. And and, you know, and and you got Matthew Stafford. I mean, there's some great, great quarterbacks. I mean, new Orleans trades for Teddy Bridgewater today with drew Brees, So they're going to be continually down a path of success. I think it's a Matt Ryan in Atlanta, you know, it, it's going to go on and on. So I think it's a really great time for the NFL. And if you don't have a young gun, if you do not have a young gun, and I mean a young gun, somebody under, you know, 30, 30 years old, you're going to get caught behind Russell Wilson's still a good player. Carson, you know, Wentz. And Carson <laughs> Wentz. I mean, Jared Goff. So it's an arms race in the NFL. And if you're not a part of it, if you're let, if you think that veteran can go one more year, like the giants do, you could be in trouble. That's well, right. Well, well, Ryan is a uh, is a Giants fan, Mike, and I I tried to Whoa. explain to him that uh, while I'm a Penn State guy, so I I like Saquon Barkley until he was drafted by the Giants, and uh, it, just the idea that building your team and wasting that much draft capital and oh, tying up that much down. salary cap for a number two pick overall, do right. you think uh, what is the one player that the Giants may regret not taking at the number two well, spot? Well, he's he's playing for the Jets right now. His name's Sam Darnold. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I think this Saquon Barkley's a talented player, and I wrote about this for the Athletic today. It's on the Athletic's website. Uh, you know, look, 
Gepay and Beckham, you know, guy puts the ball in the end zone, 38 touchdowns. I get it. He didn't take a monster deal. He did a deal really close to Antonio Brown's deal. So it's they're very close in terms of – and Brown's coming up sooner. So he didn't – you know, they didn't overpay at, uh, at Odell Beckham. But the real reality of the Giants is where are they going forward? Like if they would have taken Darnold at two, let's say, and drafted a back or signed a back in free agency or found another running back – they would have had Eli for at least two years more if they think he can still play. And they would have had their future already lined up. Instead, now they're going to hope that, you know, Barkley stays healthy. They're going to hope that Eli plays three or four more years. And I would not be shocked if the Giants did not extend Eli's contract because I think they really believe. And Ryan, you know, from rooting for uh, rooting for him, <laughs> you know, that they think that they're close. They re- they refuse to acknowledge that they're 33 and 46 the last five years, that Eli has dropped dramatically in every single category as he's played the last five years. Like there's a reason you've lost for the last five. You've won one time in the last five years. And when they won 11 games in 2016 with the great Ben McAdoo as the head coach, <laughs> they had a lot of come from behind victories in the fourth quarter. You know, they had, and, and, and Eli kind of let them down the field. Those were close games that could have gone either way. And I think the giants are not evaluating their team correctly. Uh, now I'm racking. <laughs> so sad. A fellow, fellow man from Jersey, fellow, uh, fellow believer in the faith of Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, no, I, it, it, Eli, Eli is certainly well past his prime. I definitely don't like the idea of extending him. Uh, Davis Webb has looked like a hot, hot mess. I would have loved if they had. Uh, I guess I'm guessing they didn't have cap space to figure out the Teddy Bridgewater thing because there is that pressure. So connection. They have no cap space. Yeah, They're really they, tight on the cap. I mean, they would. That's to me. You know, that's what what Minnesota would have kept Teddy Bridgewater and not signed Cousins if if they would have felt like he could have played. I think Teddy surprised a lot of people in the league by what he's done in the preseason. You know, Pat Shermer, they made no attempt to sign him with Pat Shermer, who knew Teddy Bridgewater as well as anybody. He watched him every single day. He was in the office with him. And because he didn't see that, you know, they, they passed on him. Now, obviously they were not going to start a quarterback controversy. Nobody was going to get the giant job that was coming in there saying, look, we got to get rid of Eli. They were going to have to preach what was the message was Eli can still play. Yeah, you're talking about Teddy Bridgewater, Mike. I know the you're Butler. I know we're a big nickname guy, but yeah, we call him the Butler here on the podcast because he wears two white gloves. Right. So, yeah. And and look, he you know to go back to 15. He played well in 15. Won 11 games. He did. He you know he protects the football. He's accurate. I would think he would have been. What the New Orleans did to me is they gave themselves a a bridge to the future. And most teams that have these old quarterbacks don't have it. And they're keeping up with the arm race. Look, I really thought New Orleans was going to try to trade up to get a quarterback. I think they talked about getting Patrick Mahomes. You know, they talked about trading up. They couldn't pull the pin. Now for just a third round pick, they're able to secure a really good long-term backup quarterback. If he stays healthy, which I think he will in Sean Payton's offense, I think he's going to be a fabulous. Well, I was going to say, I, I feel like there's a lot of uh, similarities between how he played in college and how he'll be enabled to play with Sean Payton. So I love that move for the Butler. Yeah, uh, and they and in a weird way, the Saints lucked out by not trading up for him because they ended up having yeah. a crazy haul in that draft, getting both the offensive and defensive rookie of the year. It's crazy how teams underestimate the value of the quarterback. Why did the Jacksonville Jaguars not have a quarterback? Nick Foll, <laughs> Alex Smith was on the trading block. Why would you not trade for Alex Smith? Kirk Cousins. Like I said, Foles, Bridgewater. It's, it's what I it's what I call the it's it's a it's a term used in business. It's called the endowment effect. When you own something, you tend to value it more than others do. And I think there's no better example of this than Jacksonville. Everybody in the league is breathing a sigh of relief 
that Jacksonville thinks that Blake Bortles can play. It's the great equalizer. It's kept Jacksonville from separating themselves from the rest of the team. They've got a really good good team down there. They don't have a quarterback. They're so stubborn and so committed to Bortles that they won't ever change, and it's going to cost them. I mean, could you imagine if they would have drafted Deshaun Watson instead of uh, uh, instead of Fournette? Now, look, I like Fournette too. Same thing, same conversation you might have with Barkley. I yeah. like Fournette. But put Watson on Jacksonville's team. How many Super Bowls do you think they're going to be? Where do you think that dynasty is going to end up? Yeah, I mean Tom Coughlin uh, is the epitome of a stubborn man. So <laughs> I, I guess I see it. But, there, this, but I think this. I think this really starts with David Caldwell, the, the GM of the team, who was there before Coughlin came in. I really think it's all about he's drafted Bortles and he's going to prove everybody right. You know, if they called up San Francisco today and said we'll trade you Blake Bortles for Jimmy Garoppolo, how quick would John Lynch hang up that phone? Yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, I mean, Jalen Ramsey doesn't even believe in Blake Bortles, <laughs> except playoff Blake. He did give him that, but he wouldn't give him regular season Blake. Yeah, it's insane. So, Mike, uh, Ryan, and I both uh, Eagles, Giants fans, could you take a second and just explain what you see happening down in Dallas and the Cowboys season coming up? Look, I, 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 I think the Cowboys have no backup quarterback. So, this is a very, very delicate balance here with Dak Prescott. They got to make sure he can stay healthy. <clears throat> Losing Travis Frederick, I think, hurts their offensive line. But they're talented in the offensive line and at quarterback and with Elliott. I worry about their skill level. I mean, just think about this, guys. Last year, they played with Des Bryant and Jason Witten. Both guys don't have jobs in the NFL. That was their that was their explosive offensive players <laughs> yeah. last year. Okay, yeah, they brought in so, Tavon Austin. All right, so they think Tavon's going to be the answer. I've yet to see it. I've never been a Tavon fan. I yet to see it. I think Randy Gregory and and the Lawrence Grant. Uh, is going to be really good over on the one side, uh, Demarcus Lawrence. I mean, he's going to be great on the other side. I think they've got speed at, uh, in their defense. I think their defense, when you add in there coming off his suspension, David Irving with those three guys, I think they become a tough team. It's going to really come down to how well are they coached, how they handle the kicking game, how Jason Garrett handles game situations. I try to get excited about the Cowboys. I like some elements of the team. I worry about the overall structure of the team. And when they have to make decisions and halftime adjustments, I don't see it. Yeah. Yeah. They, no, no coaching. I mean, they might as well just put a rock out there. Yeah. They, they, <laughs> well, they he claps no well. He <laughs> claps good. We, we also have a nickname for uh, Garrett and, or well, actually we have a sound drop. We play when discussing Jason Garrett. And that is I'll go home and get your fucking shine box. <laughs> Cause that's what he feels but, like he's there for. He's yeah. there to shine Please. Jerry's shoes. He's one of one of my favorite scenes of all time. You know, drinks are on the house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and uh, speaking of uh, you know those uh, the mob movies, you famously said uh, Brock Osweiler guilty of the uh, Lufanza heist in the. the- he is. I nicknamed him too. He, you know, I gave him. But there is, could there be a better description of Luton? I mean, how many people has he murdered along the way after the heist? There's a lot of bodies behind Brock. All of them. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of bodies behind him, and it's just. I mean, look. John Elway has has not done a good job of picking quarterbacks. You know, he's he's missed with Osweiler, he's missed with with Paxton Lynch, and he you know and really he got lucky. He got a he really got a letter from the principal's office excusing him because if Osweiler would have taken that deal instead of Houston, oh my, he would really be yeah. in trouble. <laughs> well, and I'll, I'll now certainly Brock Osweiler deserves that nickname, but I'll I'll make a close second, and that is a man who after this season, or he's got 15 guaranteed, I think for this season, his career earnings will be around 129 million, zero playoff snaps. And that is Sam Bradford. How has Sam Bradford stayed in the league so long? 
Well, because he's, te- you know, most guys that teach and don't play a lot, they come back. I mean, you know, it's, 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 Sam's a talented guy and you love working with him. But the problem is, it's like anything. You just, you just, just worry about him at the end. Look, Chris Paul is a talented player of basketball. He's never been able to stay healthy in the playoffs. And yet he just got a monster contract f- from the Rockets. These things kind of happen. They're sometimes they're just not explainable. Yeah. That's a, that's a good comparison to Chris Paul. Now we saw last year, the Rams kind of took the, uh, took the NFL by storm with their offense. What do you think uh, is in store for the Rams offense this year? Do you think there's an adjustment to Sean McVay's offense and what they did to scheme up Jared Goff? I think most importantly, I think most off season was spent by all teams in the NFL studying the Rams office, what Sean McVay did with Jared Goff, what he did with the 15 second clock, what he did with the ball. I think everybody is studying that. And I think what Sean's got to do is counter that come back with something different. I think the key to the Rams is, and the straw that stirs the drink is is Todd Gurley. When Todd Gurley gets the ball 17 times or more, they're undefeated. When he doesn't get the ball that much, they're not. And I think when you watch the playoffs and you watch what Atlanta did, it's not about the scheme you run. It's about who you take away. You've got to take away Gurley in the passing game. You've got to play the run really well. You've got to take away the passing game with Gurley. He averaged 10 yards a catch, way more than Tavon Austin, more than our man Jarvis Landry, bless him, up in Cleveland. Okay, <laughs> he was he was he's at nine. So you got a running back averaging 10 yards of reception. That's pretty impressive. So you got to take him away. And you got to force the game to be in Goff's lap. He's got to play faster and all that. And he was the worst quarterback in the playoffs last year. I think when he played against good teams, Minnesota, when you saw him play against Atlanta, the defensive coordinators that really understood how to play him, I think this is what they did. Now that's what Sean's got to handle. How do I play when I when my teams are going to make me play left-handed? And I think that's the key. He seems like a psychopath, though, when it comes to preparation. I feel like. After watching that real sports sports piece on uh, on McVay, I, I I feel like I I'd bet on this dude having counter moves set up for the counter moves, but I mean oh, I, I'm I'm in the same camp. I, think, I, I liked him last year, but I just I I still don't believe in Jared Goff. I think I I agree with that. I think Sean will come up with something. Now it's going to come down to look. There are very he didn't play anybody. Sean uh, Goff threw 32 passes last year in the preseason. He's thrown none this year. None this year. So they're very concerned about injuries. If they lose Whitworth, if they lose Gurley for any extended period of time, I think this is going to be hard. Now, can they all come together? There's a rumor Donald's going to get signed fairly soon. Are they going to be good on defense? Yeah, I think they will be really good on defense. And Wade's a great defensive coordinator. However, that being said, you know, Marcus Peters takes some chances out there at corner. People are going to go after him and see if they can double move him. And can you protect against them? I think it's a lot to put together for the team. I like their team. I do think, though, it's going to come down to can they stay healthy offensively at those critical positions? Because if they can't, it'll be tough for them. And can can the young head coach deal with some locker room adversity? Uh, like say if the franchise was spitting in the face of the best defensive player in the league <laughs> and, 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 yeah. and it's just, it, yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited to see how McVeigh deals with it because I mean, he's young and he sure as shit hasn't dealt with this kind of it. Like he's got some serious personalities in that locker room. So right, and we got to deal. With it. The hardest thing to do in sports is deal with winning, right? Everybody, when everybody wins, you know, you, you, you lose. When you lose, you got their attention. When you win, you, you lose. Every game you win, you lose their attention more and more, and you got to bring them back to focus. And I think that that playoff loss should have been revealing to the Rams. They're spending a lot of money this year, and it's going to be fascinating to see how they come out and where when the pressure's on golf and he's got to play faster. 
We'll see where it goes. Teams that have practiced against them haven't left there saying, wow, the Rams are really unbelievable. You can't believe that. The people I've talked to that practiced against them said they're just an average team. They're good, but they're not great. So we'll see. And you know how that always goes. Yeah. There, there's always a few surprise teams because uh, just the turnover in the, in the who's in the playoffs each season. Do you have a, a surprise NFC or AFC team that you think oh, the, the NFC is so hard to figure out? There's so many good teams there. There really are. You know, I mean, do I think Detroit can be a playoff team? No. You know, they're nine and yeah. seven last year, just missed it. I don't see that. Do I think Chicago could be if Mitchell Trubisky is a key component? You know, that's I'm not a Trubisky guy, but I could see how people could make that argument for the Bears, right? I, you know, and when you look at the, you know, when you look at New Orleans and Carolina, Atlanta, they're just three really good teams. Oakland's playing a really easy schedule this year. You know, they were, they were last year. They get John comes in there with David Carr. I think they're going to be better. I think Kansas city is still going to be good. I'm not in love with Denver's team. Cause I'm not in love with case Keenum and the chargers are one of those teams. They're very tempting to think they're going to be great, yeah. but something always happens at the end of the game <laughs> or in the fourth quarter where you say, is this really, you know? And then when you, when you look at their field goal kicking situation, you know, you, whether it's it's Caleb Sturgis or they go with uh, Aguayo, I mean, it's going to be fascinating. And both guys, you hold your breath to see if they can make a kick. Yeah, I could not believe that they brought in of all the people to bring in Roberto Aguayo into the into yeah, the kick. I mean, you got to send confidence to your locker room, and that obviously doesn't do it. Yeah, the curse is real, Sean. <laughs> the curse <laughs> is real. All right, Mike. Uh, well, uh, appreciate you calling in, man. And uh, no, it's great. Anytime. I enjoy it. It's fun. I mean, we'll talk football and uh, we'll see how this goes. I love Houston Texans. I, I think they're the team to me. That's got to be considered one of the most dangerous teams because I think their defense is back in full force. And I love Deshaun Watson. Well, I think people have truly forgotten how dominant JJ Watt was at one point too, even if he's only 80% of that. I mean, this, this defense well, could but, be good uh, and they get Marcellus back and they get clowny healthy. You got three guys to block in the front seven that are blue chip players. That's a, two, that's a good team. Now, Mike, uh, before we let you go here, uh, it is a gambling podcast. So maybe we <laughs> could get your, uh, your take on two win totals here being the, uh, okay. the giants win sure. totals set at seven and the Eagles are set at 10. What's uh, which way are you leaning for those two teams? Oh, you know, I think the Giants are going to be a little bit better than seven. I could see them getting to eight wins this year. I think their offense is pretty good. Uh, I think their offense is pretty good. I don't think they'll, you know, they're going to score. They're going to be tough to match up with. The right tackle is a problem. I still don't love Eric Flowers. I, I, I lean towards a little bit above seven. I think it's a it's perfect number pick there. You know, they're not going to win six. You know, it's right there. The Eagles, to me, is a 10. Is is another perfect number because they're coming. They have so many guys hurt, and they're nowhere near where they were this time last year. This time last year, Carson Wentz had thrown three three touchdown passes in preseason. Was averaging over ten yards of completion. They were they were moving. They were humming this they time were clicking. last year. They were clicking. You could see it right. This year, they're not. Schedule's much harder. Open up with Atlanta. Don't have a lot of guys. I think they're going to take September. I think they'll win ten games. Is really what I do in Philly. Okay. All right. So slight lean on both overs. Hey. <laughs> He's just taking the tie there. Calling it the I'll over. take. Hey, listen, it's close I, enough. I think it's really. I think there's better options than those two teams. I would take the over for Houston. Okay. I would probably. You know what I mean? I think there's better teams to pick because I think there's certain situations there where Vegas gets it really at the right number. Like I think the Giants will be seven and nine. I really yeah. do. 
Yeah, and you're talking about the Texans, mybookie.ag. They got the win total set at nine. Oh. So uh, yeah, that you could definitely see that team winning ten games. Obviously, now, a lot Indianapolis of is a, Indianapolis is another team that you know yeah. if if luck is better, they could and they a lot of play a lot of games at home that are tough games. You know, they can. I think their win totals at seven. I think this year I would go over there. Yeah, Andrew Luck's going to go five hundred, and that you know it just seems like one of those things that's a it's a, it's yeah. a constant in the. And NFL. the other team, I would the other team, I don't know what Green Bay's win total is, but I would go over there. Okay, Aaron yeah. Rodgers in fu mode, Sean. We discussed <laughs> yep. this in our preview. He's got he's right. got a, the win total set at ten, but it, we both had them winning the division uh, pretty. I, easily I think they can do that. I think they can. So that's my advice. All right. Yeah. Well, my advice is uh, pick up Gridiron Genius by the great Mike Lombardi. Mike, appreciate you calling in, and uh, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you down the line. All righty, bye bye. Wow, big thanks to Mike Lombardi. He had tons of great information. And while we're talking about tons of great information, you, if you're gonna swim with the with the big boys, you're gonna you're gonna need a bigger boat, Ryan. And that boat, courtesy of OddsShark.com, they got tons and tons of great data-driven editorial content. They got a bunch of experts over there. They're crunching numbers left and right. They got breakdowns of uh, Conor McGregor versus Khabib. They got the, their supercomputers weighing in on the uh, Dell Technologies Championship. We also have our, our golf expert, Steve Shermer. You can check our his picks at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. But hey, we're talking about odds shark. And uh, they got it all. Deep dives on every sort of gambling Topic du jour. And of course, give them a follow on Twitter at OddsShark. Take a bite out of your bookie with OddsShark.com. Good times, Ryan. Talking about OddsShark. Great times, Sean. Great times. Was, uh, yeah, it was sweet having, uh, having Mike Lombardi on. Appreciated him calling in. Good times. Yeah, he just, you know, just likes to, he's I a, he's a football him, he's a football machine. I pictured him sitting in a library somewhere in a recliner. Yeah. Just staring at uh staring at pictures of Bill Belichick <laughs> talking about football. Yeah, he is uh easy interview. He's a great interview. Fo- <laughs> fellow football junkie and uh plenty of plenty of good takes and um yeah. fellow Springsteen fan. Fellow Springsteen fan. Yes. He's uh, he's one of the one of the few good ones, Ryan, and by that I mean Jersey residents. So shout out to Lombardi again. Ooh, <laughs> calling in, Ryan. The NFL season is literally one week away before the kickoff of the uh, of the season. We got we we gave out all our division winners. So if you if you want to hear the full analysis, obviously check out those podcasts. They're all up on iTunes. You can get the whole shebang over there, but uh, let's do it. Let's break down who we like to round out the AFC and NFC playoffs. Brian, why don't you rattle through your AFC side first? Well, <clears throat> you know, this year, Sean, I think we might have done it last year, but this year we definitely wrote everything down. Yeah. So easy to recollect. Documenting. We documented everything for the AFC, Sean. Of course, AFC East. Uh, Patriots. We can almost run this through this in parallel. We have a lot of the same stuff. Steelers yep. for my AFC North. Colts for the South, and Chargers for the West. I had the exact same picks, Ryan. Okay. So we were in lockstep for the AFC division, and, and we both had our top seeds but as uh, the again, Patriots and Chargers. I cannot believe that I have the Chargers <laughs> winning the AFC West. Jesus, it's just not going to happen for the Chargers as much as. San Diego, 
Superchargers charge. Something really bad is going to happen, but I'm going to let my data driven analytical brain that is sponsored by Odds Shark tell me that, hey, it's they can't be snake bitten every season. So I'll I'll stick with the Chargers, Colts. Oh, oh and uh, sorry, I had the Ravens. You had the Steelers for the AFC North. So I I I. I think I had them both going 10 and six, but I have the Ravens winning the tiebreaker for whatever reason. So my two wild cards are the Steelers and the Texans fairly chalky. Although I feel like Colts winning the AFC South, a bit of a surprise. As I was writing it down the whole time, I'm like, Jesus, I went all chalk. So then on to the playoffs. So we Patriots and chargers both get buys in our, you didn't say your wildcard teams, right? Oh, I, I'm sorry. Broncos and Texans. Okay. I, the Broncos. I, I, I don't know how I feel about that in hindsight, but I'm sticking <laughs> I, to it. I like the Broncos. <clears throat> I think, I, I think they can get off to a hot start and that could propel them in a very weak conference. We both had the Patriots and chargers getting the buy. Uh, and so what uh, we just kind of skipped ahead to the divisional round. I had the Colts advancing uh, and the Steelers. So Colts will face the Patriots in the divisional round Steelers chargers. Uh, I had the Patriots advancing. No, I mean, we, we saw this, right? We, we know what's going to happen here. Patriots minus 10 and a half. They win by 17 points done and done. Yeah. Uh, chargers host the Steelers. <clears throat> I have the chargers advancing as they take down big Ben with that defense and that pass rush. I have the Patriots beating the chargers at home. No revenge for Phillip rivers or good feelings for Justin Decker. And the Patriots uh, once again representing the AFC in the Super Bowl, Sean. Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm uh, pretty. You want me to read it off? You probably yeah. can't decipher my shit. Uh, you had, of course, the Patriots and Chargers having the bye. Yes, the Patriots will catch the Ravens as the Ravens advance the first round, and yeah. then the Colts. Colts will head. Colts will head to Los Angeles <laughs> to face the Chargers. Uh, you have the Patriots defeating the Ravens. No Harbaugh revenge up there in. Foxborough or whatever they call it today, Gillette stadium. And then the Colts head to LA. You have the Colts advancing in a quote unquote road upset. I do. And then you have the Colts Patriots. And (laughs) just like I I said, like Andrew luck, (laughs) just like I said in the, uh, in the divisional round, we know what happens when the Colts go to play the Patriots. Yes. In the playoffs, Patriots. We both have the Patriots in the Super Bowl. That's Shocking. so lame. So lame. It's a baby fucking wheel, uh, man. I mean, the odds are like even money, so it's <laughs> it's not that far off. I'm trying to give you an accurate prediction. I'll save my hot takes for my dogs week one. You go first in the NFC, Sean. Well, the NFC. I have the Eagles repeating as NFC East champs. I have the Packers winning the NFC North. Saints in the South and Rams for the West. We all have that. I have the same thing actually. We have the same winners. Chalky, super lame. Wild card. Uh, my one number one wild card. I have Vikings. Number two wild card. Falcons. Sean. <laughs> I also had the Vikings. I, I do think the NFC North to me is the the con- the division in the conference that I would mark down as the most likely to have two playoff teams. Um, but you know what? I had in this, in my scenario, Sean. I had six. We should maybe we should post our standings uh, at some point. But I had six teams at eight and eight, so I got to pick it. I got the wide range. San Francisco was in there. Seattle was in there. The Giants, the Cowboys, some other fucking teams. So I picked the the Falcons, <laughs> the Panthers. So I picked the Giants. Why not? I believe in Shermer. I believe in Beckham. Everyone just oh he, he's not going to get paid it's going to be a problem everyone's got to crowbar stuff in try to talk shit he handles this well he takes a, 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 a as our uh, as our guest 
boldly said a very nice deal, not a crazy deal. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, whatever giants, giants make the playoffs uh, Sean in your playoff scenario, yes. you had the Packers and the saints with the top seeds. You had the Rams uh, taking out the Vikings at home to advance and play the Packers. You had the saints taking on the Eagles at home in the second round with the saints and Packers advancing. Wait, Ryan, there's oh, no. a last second scratch <laughs> and the Eagles will win that game. Okay. Eagles going to new Orleans. They beat the saints. Yes. They now head to Lambeau field where they beat Aaron Rodgers oh. in Lambeau. Oh wow. We're making all sorts of modifications to the sheet. So you have the Eagles in the super bowl. Yes. Rematch Eagles versus Patriots. And they win one for Wentz, baby. Eagles win back to back super bowls. Wow. What a, what a, what a <laughs> hot take. Uh, it's a baby fucking wheel, it, it, man. Here's the thing, Ryan. Hold on. I, let me let me, I, t- let me get through my scenario. Sure. No, no. You know what? Talk about the fucking Eagles. Okay. I, I don't want to. I up. I I originally was going to pick the Saints because last year I didn't pick the Eagles to win the Super Bowl, and then the Eagles won the Super Bowl. So I was thinking in my head, oh, I don't want to jinx it by picking the Eagles. But then I remembered there are no more jinxes. I remembered my rant that I went on. <laughs> That the juju has been cleared, there are no more jinxes, and honestly, the Eagles, mm. top to bottom, are <laughs> the best team in the National Football League. They have a dominant offense and defensive line. They have tremendous depth. They have an amazing coach, and most importantly, they have Carson Fucking Wentz, who I predict will start Game One. So, let's do this. Hypothetical odds: Carson Wentz first game over under. What do you want to set it at? I'll give you whatever you want. What do you mean? What's the over under for the game he starts first first game? Like, is he gonna play in game one, two, three, four, five? Yeah, I think he's gonna play in I'll game one. I'll set the over under at four. <laughs> All right, I'll take the under. Okay. Good luck with that. My playoff scenario, <laughs> I had the Rams and Pack Packers one seed Rams. What are you basing that off of? No local guys are saying is that. Is he cleared for uh is he cleared? Yeah, he's cleared for eleven on eleven. He's not is cleared it? for quote unquote contact. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't play without some contact. I mean, okay, I'll I'll post this courtesy of my of uh, of odds sharks, Ryan. Hypothetical odds over on our Twitter at Gambling Podcast. What game will Carson Wentz start? You want to make it lower? You want to I mean, go two? It, it's gonna. Uh, I thought the whole thing was to try and get even action. I don't see how anyone would take over game four. All right, you want to do? What do you want to do then? I, I think you say uh, I'll give you one and a half. Okay, done. One uh, pound the over. <laughs> Based off what? My sources. Who are your sources? I know a guy. <laughs> okay. Is is it Peter King who says they're gonna rest him until they have a t- so they don't have to go against a tough defense? It, it's I mean I get it uh, as a guy who just does rampant speculation. It's fun to chime in, but there's no reason. I mean. I don't know. The local guys really know that team and they're all saying they think he's going to start. So that's what I'm basing off of. Obviously they could be way off. Everyone could be way off, but all right. I, I, all right. All right. All right. I, whatever. One and a half. Let's go. I'll pound <laughs> the over uh, Sean. This is literally like the fourth night in a row. I've looked at your face. Yes. Um, we, we have to get out of here. Let me get through my NFC playoff predictions. Packers Rams top seeds. Packers take on the Vikings in the second round. Packers advance. Rams take on the Saints, where the Saints pull off the road upset. Saints head to Lambeau Field and lose to the Packers. 
who will defeat the Patriots, Sean. Okay. Defeat the Patriots. It's a baby fucking wheel, man. In the Super Bowl. That's it. That's the bold prediction. Andrew right. Luck, MVP. Go get that. <laughs> NFL MVP, Andrew Luck. Right. We also uh we also get to talk about BetQL, man. BetQL. It's the only mobile app that gives you the the best chance to beat Las Vegas. NFL line movements available in the app. And of course, college football as well. You can track the line movement, see who the public is backing. Of course, you want to fade the public. View the trending pets of the day, calculate that ROI. And of course, the best part, BetQL, free to download for Apple or Android. Go to BetQL.co to uh, you know, download the only app you need to make smarter pets. Beat Las Vegas with the help of BetQL. They're brought to you by the makers of RotoQL, the leading DFS optimizer trusted by over a hundred thousand DFS players. That's always fun. So uh, give them a shout as well. Check them out for all your DFS heads. Good times, Kramer. Is that what they call themselves? I call myself a DFS head. Okay. Right. And uh, while we're giving wrapping things up here, giving out some shout outs. SGPN, man, the content bonanza just continues over there. So uh, check all that stuff out. And uh, the articles we got going on sports gambling podcast.com right now, it is, it is crazy. We got Colby Dant week one, college football importance guide. Ooh, I like that. Steve Shermer and his 2018 Dell technology championship picks. Then we have uh, our buddy, Eric Olson's going to be talking about Cleveland Browns and the hard knock win totals. We got Jerry Bow talking more NFL. So listen, if you're craving football, you've craved over to the right site and the right podcast, the hey. Sports Gambling Podcast. Ryan, thank you for participating in the Sports Gambling Podcast. And for the Sports Gambling Podcast, I'm Sean stacking the money green, and he is Ryan. I blanked nothing, Sean. <laughs> Kramer, let it ride. 